We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The offseason is here for all 32 NFL teams following the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, and we're going to break down the latest on the Chicago Bears in the upcoming NFL scouting combine and free agency period on this podcast episode. Before we do that, though, I got to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, you know, it feels like we're kind of in this dead zone right now. Free agency doesn't start for about another month. The combine is next week, but even then, you know, these these past week or or two have been pretty um, quiet for 30 other NFL teams. Well, we got a cryptic uh, Instagram post from Aaron Rodgers at what was that, like close to midnight, and then he goes on the Pat McAfee show and they're blowing it up, acting like there's going to be something crazy and right out of the gate he goes, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to break any news. I'm not going to make a decision. So it's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's where this is at right now is we're hanging on any little tiny bit of information from anything. I mean, really, the only thing Bears related that I've really seen was uh, a, a Patriots beat writer who's pretty well connected and basically said that the expectation is that James Daniels will hit the open market. But at that at this point, I don't know that that's really much of a surprise. I think, you know, w- with a guy like Daniels, it's kind of one of those situations where you just, you know, he's young and obviously I think he played pretty well, but at the same time, when you have a guy like Cody Whitehair making, you know, what is it? 10 or 11 million. And you really can't get out of that unless you June 1st him. It's just, it, it puts him in a bind. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're, I think everybody right now is just trying to figure out like, you know, what the bears are going to do. Um, they're in a solid cap situation. Um, but again, fluidity has a lot more to do with what a team can do in an off season versus what you know the cap situation may look like right now and you know i say that because a team like the new orleans saints may be 60 million dollars over the cap but they can easily clear 90 to 100 million dollars and have some money to work with and and be in a better you know be in better shape than some other teams and you got a team like the packers where they can basically max out everything that they want if they want to keep rogers and and uh and Devontae adams and they're going to have to cut a bunch of players they can only restructure so many and they're really not going to be able to do anything. So the fluidity of the cap situation 
is going to be a lot more interesting um, for a lot of these teams, including the Bears, because while the Bears may be what is like top 10 or top 12 in cap space right now with, I think their effective cap space when the rollover and all that stuff is, you know, added in is going to be about 28, 29 million. They don't have a ton of flexibility um, just because of the way a lot of their contracts are structured. So, I mean, they may be able to clear 10, $15 million, but for the most part, you're going to see either an aggressive offseason with a lot of backloaded deals, or you're going to see a pretty conservative approach right out of the gate from Ryan Poles and, and uh, Matt Eberflew. So it's going to be interesting because the Bears don't have a lot of draft picks either, but it, it does sound like they want to compete. So there's going to be a lot of changes, man, especially in the NFC. The NFC looks wide open right now. Yeah, and, and the one thing you know to kind of keep in mind with a new regime here is they aren't married to any of the players on the roster unless they are on um, deals they can't get out of. Or, you know, for instance, Justin Fields is a rookie quarterback. You're obviously going to keep him around on a rookie deal. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of change. And as you said, the Bears are in a solid cap situation, but they also have to fill out their roster. I mean, they have a bunch of guys that are headed to free agency, whether it's um, you know unrestricted or, or I think I believe they have four to five restricted free agents um coming up so they're gonna have some decisions to make and it really wouldn't shock me i've been kind of looking through the free agency um period upcoming here with you know the bears that have um players coming up as free agents and you know nothing would surprise me you know i i don't think they're gonna bring back majority of the guys you know and i do think that they're gonna kind of try to build this their own way and while that you know, whether that is being aggressive in free agency or being aggressive in the draft, we're just going to kind of have to wait and see because this is going to be Ryan Poles' show and Matt Eberflus' show, and they are going to try to build this roster quicker and efficient and in how they want to do it. And I know, you know, Poles said he, he loves building through the draft. Uh, I believe he said it a couple times. He doesn't want to uh, – he, he told me in a, in, a, in a little setting that he doesn't want to – you know, um, put a lot of strain on the franchise long-term and wants to pay the players that he has in their prime. You know, obviously I don't think he's talking about a lot of players on the roster right now, but moving forward. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do. And, you know, before they get into their free agency period, it, it starts with the scouting combine. And if you're going to build the draft, this is a great opportunity to start your evaluation um, or continue your evaluation on a lot of players. They're sitting in there in the second round with pick number 39, and they're going to have some options. Do they go, you know, a guy, if, if a defensive back falls, someone like Roger McCurry from um, Auburn, if he falls, do you go with that? Do you go for George Pickens or uh, David Bell at wide receiver? Or, do you know, do you trade back a little bit and try to recoup some draft capital and build that way? Either way, man, it's going to start picking up, and it's going to be exciting, and I think – you know, we kind of had it when Matt Nagy um, was hired back in 2018, although Pace was here, it was still a new regime. And I feel like that excitement is going to really start to pick up and we're going to start feeling it here as the month of February closes down. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, there's a few things you noted there. One, you know, you, you talked about the fact that the Bears have a pretty good amount of free agency or free agents. And, you know, not a lot of these guys are going to come back and they shouldn't. I mean, there's just it's just that simple because a lot of the guys that are leaving are either not good enough or they're getting on the older side like Akeem Hicks. You know, would Akeem Hicks be nice if the Bears were in contention? Absolutely. He would. You know, would, would a guy you know, th there's multiple names that you can kind of you know, pick out and say, okay, you know, this would, you know, they would be nice to have. But I think the reality of it is, is that this is 
for as much of a turnover as we're going to see on the roster, a lot of that is going to be cultural and it's also going to be stylistic in terms of what they're looking for on the roster, which is why a guy like, you know, James Daniels may end up hitting the open market. Maybe they're not, maybe he's not what they're looking for. I don't know. You know, and that's kind of the thing. It's, it's going to be an interesting balance, especially this year because of what Ryan Pace did over the last few years where there are just going to be some deals that they cannot get out of. And there's going to be some deals like Danny Trevathan, who I do not expect to see, uh, you know, and in, in basically in the coming months, I think they're basically just going to have to June 1st him and, you know, basically break up that awful, awful deal. It looked terrible. It looked terrible on paper when they made the deal. It looked even worse the minute that we saw him on the field. But that's just somebody you have to move on from. I mean, you know, and that's kind of something that they're going to have to figure out is there's going to be certain players that they're just simply going to have to move on from because, one, this roster is older. And two, you know, again, I, I won't call this a rebuild because I don't think it is. Um, but I also think that they're going to have to retool this thing. And I think it's going to take really two good off seasons and especially next year where they're going to have their full allotment of picks, hopefully. And then also, you know, the fact that they should have more money. But like you pointed out, you know, moving into the draft, I don't see a, a scenario right now. And I could be wrong. I don't see a scenario where the Bears are going to go into this thing and say, okay, we don't need this position. We do not need this position. I mean, like you pointed out, man, they could go corner if, if one of these corners drops. They could go receiver because there's a ton of different receivers. They could go offensive tackle if one of those guys drop. They could go offensive, you know, interior offensive line. You know, a guy like, uh, you know, I mean, there's just, I, mean, I can't even name you the amount of guys that there's going to be a lot of talent. And that's kind of the thing. This is an interesting draft class, at least to me, because in terms of top and talent, there's not a lot, right? And this is a really deep edge class. Um, but I think when you start kind of looking around a little bit, there's not there's not a lot of top end talent, but there's a lot of good talent in the second, third, you know, fourth rounds, maybe stretching in the fifth, depending on what happens. Now, it's going to be interesting because, again, another factor that you pointed out is the fact that the Bears have a second and third round pick. They don't have a first or a fourth. So, you start kind of looking and, you know, at some point in time, I think a trade down is going to make some sense just simply for the fact that they have to be able to get a few more picks out of this draft class. Even if they're, you know, mid to late round picks, you got to throw a few more darts at the dartboard and maybe even recoup a pick or two, uh, you know, next year and kind of build and start getting deeper draft classes. So it's going to be very interesting to see, but again, I mean, they've got so much work to do right now at corner, the offensive line. I think you can make an argument that if a guy like me, you know, maybe like a Jeremy Ruckert there is there in the fourth, you know, let's just say they somehow get a fourth round pick or whatever, fourth or fifth round, maybe, you know, maybe you throw, you know, throw a pick at him. Uh, and then you look at the defense side of the ball, the defense is getting old for the most part. I mean, they got, you know, linebacker as a whole outside of Roquan Smith, they need some work on. Uh, I think edge rushers probably a spot where they can, they can wait another off season. Although both of those guys are already in the thirties with, you know, the, the team, sorry, team mix uh, with uh, Robert Quinn and uh, Khalil Mack. And then you got corner man outside of Jalen Johnson. What do you have there? Um, and the same thing with safety. I mean, Eddie Jackson hasn't been the same player. I thought he was much better this past year than he has been in years past, but you still need to figure out who's starting next to him. There's a lot of questions all over this roster. And again, it's not, it's not particularly a bad thing, but at the same time, uh, they're going to have to balance how they use the resources because, again, they are still going to be limited in resources because I don't – let's just put it this way. I don't expect the Bears to go into this offseason and backload a ton of deals. Like, I don't I don't see them going out and signing, you know, four or five B-level free agents, giving them three, four, five-year deals – 
and backloading each deal because that's just not smart business. And that's not how you, you know, that's not how you do things. I do think though that they can go, I think they're going to have to make a decent, you know, decent wave in free agency, even if that means a few B level free agents, you know, three or four year deals, and then maybe a few one or two year deals. And then basically, the rest of these guys, like Anthony Hitchens, for example, this is a guy that just got released from Kansas City today. He's still 29 years old. He's probably not a long-term piece. He's probably not good enough to be a long-term piece, but maybe he's somebody that you plug in at the SAM, you know, for a year, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the thing is there's so much that needs to flip on this roster. And it's not just a talent thing, or it's not just an age thing. It's the fact that you have an entirely new coaching staff and an entirely new front office with an entirely new vision um, and, and it's probably not going to match what the bears have done in the past because, you know, outside of the 2018 season, this team was soft. I, I don't really know how else to put it, you know, like, especially, you know, in the trenches, especially on the offensive line, this team was soft. And, and I, I just, I don't think that that's going to be the way that they're going to play from now on. I don't think that's going to be the mentality. So I think that while obviously they do have long-term pieces, um, I think they also, you're going to see a lot of new names over the next two years are going to be making a big impact. Kind of like we saw with Ryan Pace, especially once he kind of got over that initial, you know, clearing out the roster in 2015 and then 2016 and then 2017 and 18 where he did a lot of his work. And I think that that's kind of what we're going to see with the bears is, you know, Ryan Poles is going to, and that's why I don't call this a rebuild because I don't think he's going to have to go through and gut this entire thing and take a bunch of losses right out of the gate and feel these terrible four or five win teams. Um, Cause I think that, you know, they, they still have a decent enough of a core and they're in a, in a better spot, but at the same time, there's just going to be a lot of transition. And obviously again, free agency will happen. And then the draft, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they use the limited amount of resources that they have. Cause they don't have a lot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see exactly what he does um, in terms of the draft and then in terms of free agency, especially early on. Um, I, I don't think they're going to go out and, and make a big splash right away in free agency. I wouldn't be mad if, if, if he went out and gave a big contract to a wide receiver. Um, you know, if it is Chris Godwin, someone like that, I think Devontae Adams is probably going to get tagged. Um, you know, Mike Williams is probably going to get tagged, even, you know, Godwin. But if one of those are available and you go out and get one, I'm fine with it. Same with defensive back. I think those are probably the two main positions you could look at. I think, um, 
well, offensive line as well, whether you go interior or on the outside. And I think we'll see like a couple, you know, plug in and, and play type guys, maybe on a one, two year deal to kind of prove it, um, you know, maybe a low risk, high reward type signing, um, like a guy like Hitchens that you're talking about. Maybe you come in and get a guy to, to play linebacker because you do still need to fill a couple spots alongside Roquan Smith when you're switching over to this new 4-3 defense. So, yeah, we'll see some interesting signings. I think they'll be very, very active in what you said, you know, maybe that second to third tier small signings to get guys in here. And I agree. I think that it's not as bad as what Ryan Pace had to go through. I mean, Ryan Pace inherited a team that had the worst defense, you know, in the NFL pretty much and had just a lot of pieces that didn't fit both on offense and defense had a lot of veterans too, that you kind of had to keep around and then eventually gut, as you mentioned, as you're going into the 2016, 2017 off season, I think this will be a little different. I do think that, you know, the bears have some intriguing pieces. Um, they, they have some guys that they probably, you know, could get out of contracts, but, but won't. And you look at the two, it's probably Robert Quinn, Quill Mack. I think you could probably keep them for another year that then move on someone like Eddie Jackson as well. It'll just be kind of interested to see how Ryan pulls uh, Texas. And I think we're going to learn a lot too. I, I think in his first year, we're going to see, you know, what did Ryan Poles learn in Kansas City, uh, an organization that had three general managers since Poles was there in 2009. Um, he's gone through three different uh, regimes there, probably picked up some things from each one. And now let's see if he could kind of put it all together. And my instinct and my prediction, I know it's been kind of talked about a little bit, is He's going to build from the trenches out. He's going to make sure his offensive line is shored up. He's going to make sure his defensive line is shored up because when you protect the quarterback and if you get to the other team's quarterback, that's the best way. That's the best recipe to win. And then I think you kind of move on to getting weapons for Justin Fields and, you know, maybe finding a young receiver in the draft or maybe springing in a veteran, you know, um, Michael Gallup's name has been kind of thrown out there. Someone like Christian Kirk, who might come here, maybe you could get him on a one-tier deal. Even someone like Zay Jones, who isn't you know a big name, but that could fill a position. And then also look at maybe you bring back Marquise Goodwin because they only have one wide receiver signed right now, which is you know kind of a problem outside of the reserve and futures contract. So I, I just want to see how Ryan Poles does it and what he's kind of learned moving forward. And I think we'll get a little taste of that coming up next week because we'll get to talk to, to um, draft prospects in Indianapolis. And I think a lot of them who tell us that the bears have met with them, will kind of get a, a little bit of a blueprint as, as to what direction or um, a little bit of a hint as to maybe where the bears are leaning, not only in terms of their needs for the draft, but their needs in free agency as well. Yeah. And you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of hanging on the whole, you know, what Ryan Pohl said, he wants to build through the draft and blah. And that's fine. And, you know, every GM says that because obviously that's usually the proper way of building. And I know a lot of people will slam the Rams, but it's like, if you look at the Rams, you know, they have a lot of homegrown talent on the roster. You know, I think that's what a lot of people don't really understand is that, you know, they, they have a lot of homegrown talent on the roster, but at the same time, they've gone out and they've been aggressive and they've made moves. Right. So, and, and then you look at a guy like Ian Cunningham, who's been brought in from Philadelphia and Philadelphia has taken a similar approach, you know, when they were, when they were really good uh, under Doug Peterson and then kind of getting back this year, they have obviously built primarily through the draft, but they've also used free agency 
And, you know, and that's kind of the thing, right? Is like people, people want to say, well, you know, you want to build through the draft and you don't really want to use free agency, but then you get a team like the Indianapolis Colts, right? With Chris Ballard, where Chris Ballard refuses to spend money at all. And that's kind of the problem is that really like he's refused to spend money, but at the same time, he also hasn't really done not even really like he hasn't done enough at quarterback. And I think that's kind of another thing where you, you start looking at some of these teams and there's no real one easy way or one right way to build a team. And I think that, you, you know, over time we'll kind of figure out what it is, but I think, especially for the bear situation, yes, you obviously want to get the team younger. You want to retool, you want to do it your way, but at the same time you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and that doesn't last forever. And most teams that win the Super Bowl. Um, outside of, you know, you know, very few usually have a quarterback on the rookie deal. So I think that's kind of something else where there's got to be some sense of urgency. Obviously, you don't want to go out and be stupid. But at the same time, you also want to try to get back into a contention window as soon as possible, just for that reason. Yeah, and like we said, you, know, you could kind of go th- go a couple different ways here. And you mentioned, you know, having that rookie quarterback, on that rookie deal is huge. And eventually, you know, as, as much as it's going to hurt, you want Justin Fields to be that guy that you're going to have to give a long-term contract to, a big money contract. But if you can maximize that rookie deal early on, and, you know, let's say next year they get a little better and they, and they find a receiver and find some more weapons around him, and maybe they don't make the playoffs, but they show some promise, you're kind of already speeding up the clock on when you should be a contender. Cause then you point to 2023 fields is still in his rookie deal. Maybe that's when you, you consider yourself a legit playoff contender and take the next step forward. So that that's very important as well. And when I look at this roster, you look, they have some young talent here. Um, and I think the, uh, the ev- evaluations that polls and Eberflus probably have already done and have already started are going to be very vital to this franchise because when you look back at Ryan Pace's tenure, the last couple of years, him and Matt Nagy really missed on a lot of things. And and you look at um, the whole offensive line situation and having to let go of Kyle Fuller and creating a hole at defensive back, not only on the outside opposite of Jalen Johnson, but also in the slot as well. And then you look at other positions that they may have missed on, you know, tight end. Yeah, sure. Cole Komet has some promise, but right now it's, it's hard to say he's going to be that tight end that the bears thought he was going to be taking him in the second round a couple of years ago. So you can't just miss on things. And I, and I think having this new tenure here with their evaluations is going to be a breath of fresh air. It's going to be something that we're going to get to learn more as we go on, you know, what type of players do they like? Are they going to adapt to the NFL game? You know, when we watched the Super Bowl, Aaron, the, the Rams went all in, they said, you know, Les Snead said, F these first round picks, I'm going to get Matt Stafford. Now he's not on a rookie deal, but he's a veteran that, Showed he had talent before in Detroit, was in a bad situation. They also went out and got Von Miller uh, as a, another veteran. But they also drafted someone like, you know, uh, Van Jefferson. They had they drafted their stable of running backs out there. They had Tyler Higby. Now, a lot of these guys weren't, you know, big-time playmakers in the Super Bowl, but they contributed. And you look defensively, and then they drafted Aaron Donald. They went out and got someone like Jalen Ramsey. Um, they, they have a good pass rush. And then you look at the Bengals, and it's kind of similar, but it's more um, you know homegrown with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and Joe Mixon, T. Higgins. 
guys like this. I looked at that Super Bowl and I said, the Bears need a playmaking wide receiver. They need a wide receiver that can go up and get the football when your quarterback has to throw it up. And maybe it's not the best decision from fields, but it's somewhere he has to go. And your, your, your wide receiver goes up and gets that ball and wins that battle. They need a running back that can be, um, you know, more dynamic and nothing against David Montgomery, but maybe, you know, not only a running back, but a receiving back out of the backfield. And they thought they had that entire Tariq Cohen. And he's another guy we have to kind of keep an eye on. What do they do with him? Do they potentially cut him, move on from him? Would they keep someone like Damian Williams around as insurance? Um, you know, Khalil Herbert isn't going anywhere. They need more playmakers on this offense. And I'll just be kind of curious to see what their strategy is in attacking that. Do they go out and spend money on a big time wide receiver? Do they go out and, you know, maybe look at the running back position? Maybe they move on from Damian Williams and Tariq Cohen and bring in another veteran instead. They just need playmakers on that offense and, and, and they need them quickly because you are right. You have to have that quarterback on the rookie deal. That's the first step in taking the next step of being a contender. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, it is. And, you know, obviously, you know, you look at a lot of these teams outside of maybe a team like the Bengals and priority number one is going to be the offensive line, right? I mean, that's just all there is to it. I mean, you look at how much investment the Rams have made in their offensive line, how much investment, just look at the Chiefs. Look at what the Chiefs did this last year. They redid their entire offensive line and really didn't have a ton of money to work with um, in the process. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's just going to take time. And again, you can kind of, you know, you can put a dartboard out there and throw a dart and, you know, you're going to get a, you know, you're going to get a need and you're going to get, you know, a, a position that they, they need to add to. So I think at this point, it's just going to be very interesting to see how it all kind of builds out, how, you know, what their overall approach is. And then, you know, it's just, again, it's, it's Rome wasn't built in a day. The bears aren't going to magically become a contender overnight. I know a lot of people want to hope that they're going to be the Bengals. The Bengals have also had a ton of high round picks over the last few years. They've been awful for quite a while. So they've been, and they've hit on their high round picks. Exactly. And that's kind of the thing. I mean, it's just, there's, there's just, there's a lot to building an NFL team. And again, I'm not saying that the bears are, you know, a bottom five team, blah, blah, blah. But what I do think is I think that this roster is going to see such a makeover over the next, you know, two off seasons. And, you know, again, between the culture change, between the stylistic changes, between, you know, the overall vision, and then obviously, you know, getting this team younger and ready to go, 
it, it's just it, that's really what we need to see. We need to see, and that's kind of the thing again. Like you can only take so much from what Ryan Pohl says in a press conference. You can only take so much from what Matt Eberflus says in a press conference. Like we need to see this in action. We need to see what their overall priorities are going to be. My guess is the offensive line is going to be priority number one. I think that, you know, defensive line will be up there for sure. But I also think that receiver is going to be, I think the the offense is going to be a huge focal point um, this offseason. I think that between, you know, what they spend their money on in terms of long-term deals and what they spend the majority of their picks on is probably going to be offensive. And I think you're going to see a lot of stop gaps defensively because they still have some talent. Obviously they need to make some moves, but the other thing to kind of keep note of too is, you know, the, the Colts are going to have a lot of their defensive, you know, a lot of their defensive players are going to be free agents this year. And again, you know, obviously not Darius Leonard, um, you know, not DeForest Buckner, not some of their bigger names, but you got a guy like Al-Qadine Muhammad, you know, where, you know, I, I don't know that, that uh, you know, that defensive end or edge rusher is a giant need for them. But if you can get him for, you know, two years at, you know, $3 million a year, why not make that move? Because then it makes the things a little easier in the next year if you have to move on from one of your edge rushers. You know, you look at a guy like Anthony Walker Jr., um, who spent, you know, a, a decent amount of time in Indy with, with, uh, um, <clears throat> with Matt Eberflus, you know, like, Xavier Rhodes, although I'm not overly high on Xavier Rhodes and, you know, he's probably a little older than I'm like, I guess the point is, is that there's, there's enough out there to where I think that they're going to take more of a piecemeal approach defensively and say, okay, there's more to go on there. They still got some pieces. They can kind of kick the can down the road a little bit in terms of, you know, you, you throw some darts at the board. I think a lot of people forget, you know, even going back to what Ryan Pace did in the early the early years of, of him building this team, Akeem Hicks was a two-year deal. You know, their biggest deal that entire offseason, I think a lot of people forget in terms of long-term deal, was actually Danny Trevathan. And obviously Danny Trevathan was a really good move at the time that it was just a second deal that was not a smart move. But, I mean, they even went out and got a guy like Jarrell Freeman for, you know, a pretty reasonable price, and he ended up being a pretty quality player for them, you know. But Akeem Hicks was a two-year deal. I mean, he really, like, he was a second-wave uh, free agency move. Like if you start looking at a lot of their big impact players outside of maybe a guy like Allen Robinson, a lot of the moves that they made were all second, you know, second wave moves. And I think because of where the bears are at, I think that's kind of going to be what they're going to need to do in terms of they're, they're just going to have to be smart. They're going to have to be smart with the resources. They're going to have to really have a plan of attack going in to say, okay, you know, if it was me personally, I would want at least two, if not three new starters on the offensive line. I think you got to look at center because obviously Sam Mustafer is not going to cut it. Um, I think personally, I think you need another tackle, um, whether that's going out and signing a guy like Trent Brown, or even if you want to take, maybe you want to take, you know, a, a less, a less, uh, you know, like a, I guess a lesser gamble in terms of money or maybe a, you know, a lesser investment. Maybe you go out and you sign a guy like Joseph Noteboom, you know, a guy that actually played relatively well for the Rams this year when he was called upon at left tackle for Andrew Whitworth. Maybe you call on a guy like that. Maybe you say, okay, let's sign him to a, you know, a one year, $5 million deal and see where it goes. But I think that, you know, those are the kind of moves where obviously I think they're going to make a, you know, a decent sized move or two, whether that's Ryan Jensen at center, maybe a Brian Allen at center, uh, you know, maybe one of the, you know, the, the top end guards, maybe they get lucky and Orlando Brown breaks free in free agency and they, they make a move for him. Cool. And then receiver as well. I mean, there's going to be some interesting names out there, but outside of that, I think a lot of what they're going to be doing is, and what they should be doing is they should be aiming for these 26 
you know, these 26, 27 year olds that you sign in the maybe like a one or two year prove it deal. And you see what you can get out of them because that is usually where you make your best bang for your buck within free agency versus going out and signing, you know, big money deals of these guys, giving them four or five years. And then, you know, a few years into the deal, you're, you're just waiting to be able to get rid of them. So Again, you know, things get a lot better for the Bears next year. You know, they'll be able to get out of a lot of the mistakes and the kicking the can down the road that Ryan Pace did, but it's going to take some time and it's not just going to be a one-off season fix. And I think really the big thing is, is, is one, prioritizing and two, not getting yourself in too deep in terms of commitments moving into next year. So that way you're able to make more moves and you're going to have a better idea of where this roster is at. I mean, really, let's just be honest here. I mean, if you do the right things this offseason and you fix – Again, you know, you can't expect the offensive line to be a top five unit this next year, but if you can fix the offensive line and you can get it going in the right direction, you can get Justin Fields some time, and then you can get some playmakers at receiver. I think that's another one, right? Where you can go out and probably spend, you know, one of your long-term deals is probably going to be at receiver, regardless of who that is, whether that's Mike Williams, DJ Chark, um, you know, uh, Michael Gallup, whatever it is, it doesn't matter that, you know, the name's not really important, but you go out and you make a move like that. And then you sign another guy to like a, you know, a one or two year deal, like kind of like that Taylor Gabriel type fit, maybe not as big of a commitment. And then you go out and you draft another guy as well. And that's kind of how you're going to have to start fixing things and trying to figure things out is you just need, you just need to chip away at it. And I think that was kind of the big thing is the bears were too, um, reliant and too complacent with some of their issues offensively where if Justin Fields is the guy that you think Justin Fields is going to be, then a lot of things get fixed out of that, right? Because all of a sudden, if Justin Fields is the guy and you kind of fix the offensive line, you get some more weapons around, and then all of a sudden you're looking at having, you know, a pretty dang good offense, and then all of a sudden it's like you can continue to kind of build up the defense side of the ball and kind of recycle guys out and get some younger guys in, but if you fix the offense and if you if you're able to get Justin Fields to where he needs to be and where you know the Bears originally expected him to be when they drafted him, that's going to fix a lot of things. That's going to make things a lot easier down the road. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and I agree. And I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you, you know, before we wrap things up, if you were to pick the one position you think would be at the top of the Bears' needs right now and the one they address, you know, what would it be? And, and you said offensive line, and I, I do agree with you. I think offensive line is going to be the position that they, you know, probably attack both in free agency and the draft the most and probably the most important because you have to protect Justin Fields. And then I think behind that, it'd be wide receiver. I, I think you can get uh, two solid starters out of those groups right there and maybe another playmaker, another guy that, um, can make an impact right away and, and you're set. And then, you know, you focus on defensive back, you focus on safety inside line or linebacker and you kind of roll from there. And I think, you know, maybe Thomas Graham will get a shot and that maybe something the bears can use if he can emerge and break out and win that, that job. 
opposite of Jalen Johnson. Maybe they don't have to spend a resource on a defensive back, but I agree. I also think that everything is wide open too, at this point, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see them go any different routes um, that they can potentially go here with the draft or um, free agency. And I also agree with the fact that, you know, it's not going to be a quick fix right away, but it's also not going to be, a complete teardown rebuild. And we could see this thing getting back on track, you know, sooner than later in my eyes, which, you know, should be good news for bears fans, but Aaron, things are going to start picking up here. Uh, starting next week, we'll get to hear from Matt Eberflus. We'll get to hear from Ryan Poles. We'll get to hear from some draft prospects as well at the combine, maybe some news, early news ahead of free agency with some rumors, but things are going to start picking up and in the off season, we'll then hit a, full pace and it'll be the NFL draft before you know it. Thank God for that. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what we've all been waiting for is just, you know, it's like you, you, you get the firings out of the way, you get the hirings out of the way. And now it's kind of time to see where the scene's going to be, because I don't think anybody should have crazy high expectations, but I do think if the bears do this thing, right, this off season, I do think they can be an eight or nine win team. I, I think, you know, a lot of people are focused on that, that Bengals blueprint. I think more, more realistically, I do think that the Eagles are a blueprint that they can follow. And I think the other big thing too is, you know, with Tom Brady retiring, the NFC is pretty much wide open. And that's not to say the Bears are going to go on and win the NFC and be in the Super Bowl next year. But what that is to say is that there's not a lot of good looking teams in NFC right now. So it's not out of the realm of possibility if things go their way and, you know, the hires work out that you could see a nine win team building towards something much bigger this time next off season. But yeah, it's, it, there's a multitude of different ways it can go. I think if anybody tells you they, they know which way it's going to go. I, th- I think they're just full of it at this point because none of us do. I mean, it's just, we can all have our feelings and we can all, you know, think we know, you know, what their main priority is going to be or what their priorities should be. But until we see things play out as we've seen with free agency, and that's the other thing with free agency right now is we don't even know who's going to get tagged. We don't even know who's going to sign who's going to sign deals before free agency opens. We also don't know who's going to be surprise cuts before free agency because we know that happens as well when teams are trying to cut space or whatever it may be. So again, you know, there's still a lot to be learned over these next few weeks. And luckily the combine is kind of the precursor to kicking off the off season because obviously you know you got everything going on with the combine you got the drills but then you also have a lot of groundwork being laid between teams and agents and everything else like that going on there so again man i i just i don't think you have to have overly high expectations to be excited about what's going to be coming this off season and just to kind of see the direction of this team and what we can expect because even if this team wins seven or eight games next year if they're more competitive and they're more fun to watch which would not be hard to do because i think we can both agree we were we i think most bears fans were limping through that last half the season you know this last season so if the team's more exciting, if they're building towards something, if the future's looking a lot brighter this time next year, I think a lot of Bears fans will take that right now. But again, we got a whole entire offseason to get through, and who knows? Maybe the Bears end up surprising us. Maybe things end up working out a lot better, and we have a lot better outlook on them going into training camp and everything else that's going to go on. But until then, I mean, we just got to kind of sit back and enjoy the process and see where it goes. One thing is for sure, it's going to be exciting, and it always is with the new regime. It might not be – you know, sexy signings and big signings right away, 
but it's be exciting to follow along and, and see how they want to build a roster and the blueprint that they have because it's something fresh and it's something new. And, you know, for a little bit, we have some hope. And like you said, maybe they're in a position next year where they are, you know, an eight, nine win team or they can get to the next level, um, whatever that is. And they show improvement. That would be even more exciting for next off season as well. But Aaron, uh, that should wrap things up. Uh, you want to tell everyone where they can follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z A C K underscore Pearson. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Um, it would definitely help out our, our podcast and the Picks for Polls podcast. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com